Hi everyone, welcome to Sumeria's Harem. This is my podcast. I am Sumeria Varin Gill, and my podcast is focused on all things spiritual, love, relationship, sexuality, and anything else that we should be speaking about that we do not talk about enough. I am a certified sex and relationships coach an energy psychologist. I do some tarot, some astrology, some divine feminine work. I am a financial director from my training for so, so, so many years. But today I am passionate about this space. So thank you for being here today to listen to me and my amazing guest, Vidya Madhavan. Vidya is someone I have known for a while now. She is an energy healer and a spiritual coach, someone I've been to my, my, myself in the past um, to, to look into things, to look into my energy aspect when I needed it. So Vidya today does all kinds of amazing things, empowering people. How are you doing, Vidya? Hi, Varian. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. That's a beautiful introduction. And um, I am so honored to be here, actually. I'm really honored to be in this space and um, I'm doing good. I'm glad that we got to catch up again after a, such a long time. Yay, me too, me too. So <laughs> just so that everyone knows, I, I returned to Kuala Lumpur recently and I bumped into Vidya in a bakery, right? In a in a random bakery. Um, yes. And the chances were almost so, so slim because I hadn't seen her in a while. But of course, I've been following her on social media. And I was like, yes, you know, this is my chance <laughs> to to ask you because I was wondering who I'd be who I'd be speaking to next for, for for the podcast. And there you appeared out of nowhere. So today's conversation is definitely one that is guided. And I'm so so looking forward to talking more about where you're at today, Vidya. So our conversation today, everyone, is focused in the space of channeling. <laughs> Oh, yes, channeling. So, Vidya is a channeler. She's a channeler of various dimensions and energies that then assist people to get to know themselves better, to assist them to move past certain blocks, certain, certain issues that are, that are coming up in their life. Um, and Vidya, when did you know that you needed to begin to initiate this healing process in others, whether it's channeling or something else, but when, how, would you like to give us some background into that? Yeah, sure. Actually, I was in the corporate for a very long time and uh, I stepped out only five years ago. And uh, I was actually given so many signs that my work there was done. People around me started coming, you know, coming into my room, coming to my office, whether it was colleagues or friends or family, everyone started looking for certain answers, looking for clarity. And they knew that I was heavily invested in this field, that I was studying it deeply, using it for myself. And that's how it started. Yeah. It, it got initiated because people were actually asking me, when are you going to do healing for me? <laughs> you know, so, um, and of course, I didn't entertain the idea for a very long time because there's always this doubt that we carry with us as to whether we are good enough. Yes. Oh, you know? yes. Yeah. So um, finally, when even really close friends 
who were in the healing line approached me and said, you know, eventually you're going to have to make a decision to leave and do something that you're really passionate about. And you know that your work in the corporate is actually temporary. You know, I had discussions with many people and eventually it came to a point where the opportunity presented itself and um, I decided I should start with something, even if it's small, I needed to start offering the, these sessions, be it channeling or I started with tarot, to be very honest. You know, I started with tarot and then it moved on to other things. But um, and I had many uh, like I would find answers or certain things that I just discussed with people would just pop up in a book, you know, or I'd be listening to a podcast or, you know, um, someone would just repeat something that, that I just discussed and they would not have had any interaction with the person I'd spoken to before. So I started taking all of these as signs from my guides. And um, yes, so that's how my journey began. Though I have technically been doing some form of healing since I was 11. Wow, 11 years of age. What, what was that? What were you doing at the age of 11? I'm curious. <laughs> okay, so I have my parents to thank for this, you know, because um, actually as a kid, I suffered from severe eczema and um, they were they were looking for ways to heal, heal me and heal themselves. Like my mom had eczema as a kid as well. So um, right. and it, it just it just happened that my music teacher, my vocal, uh, my vocal music teacher at that time was part of a spiritual organization called Mahikari in KL. And she said, you know, why don't you bring, why don't you come as a family and experience this energy healing? Because the centers are all over the world. You can be of any race or religion to be part of it. The teachings are universal. You have literally nothing to lose. Why don't you come? And I think this was at the age of 10. My parents dragged me there. Of course, at that point, I was like, what are we doing? You know, where are we going? I'm just going to come with you. And uh, I, I was clueless. <laughs> I was clueless, you know. Wow. But believe, wow. believe it or not, um, whatever practices they had and whatever initiations they had, it was a Japanese um, It was a Japanese organization in the sense that a lot of the teachings were, Jap were in Japanese and translated. And their HQ was in Japan, a beautiful, beautiful place. And, uh, of course, in Malaysia, you know, um, we didn't have that many Japanese, but we had people of all colors, you know, and uh, everyone was there. And, and it was a very loving space. That's what I remember it to be. It was there for many years. My parents are still part of it, but I have kind of stepped out and found my own path and went on my own self-exploration. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of where it started. And by the age of 11, my eczema totally disappeared. That's so interesting. That is so interesting because it is ailments. It is things that, you know, we can't seem to understand that move us in this direction. They yeah, move us towards finding solutions that exist in this space. So that's so interesting. Thank you for sharing that, Vidya. What has been the most challenging part of this whole journey of channeling for you? Um, if you, well... To put it very simply, I think channeling itself means connecting and communicating with an unseen realm. <laughs> so I think mm. that, you know, anything to do with uh, the unseen realm, the spirit world. And when I say spirit world, we mean, you know, ascended masters, you know, your, your, your spirit guides, uh, all of these 
and, and higher vibrational beings, um, what I do feel is that you have to have a certain sense of trust and surrender. And for me, coming from a very logical, structured corporate environment where we questioned everything, moving into a sphere, into, a, into an area where I had to, in many ways, surrender and trust the flow of information coming through to me without doubting it, filtering it, questioning it, sometimes when it didn't make sense to be, but it would make sense to someone else who it was being channeled for. Well, all of this requires trust. And I think for me, the initial stages of channeling, of doing this healing work, stepping into this space was all about how can I trust information coming through? That is the million dollar question, isn't it, Vidya? Like, I think in terms of my work as well, this is one of the all time favorite questions. How do you know the difference between what is authentic and what is just, you know, one of your own voices? Yes. So this is where I, well, together with the fact that I actually sought guidance, that mm -hmm. is the most important thing, to yes. um, reach out and speak to people who are already doing it in some ways. Because if you really look at it, books have been channeled by people. Many of those amazing books out there are actually pieces of channeling. You know, people have received information and guidance either from their higher self or for their gut, from their guides. And you will know when something is authentic and true because it will move you in some way. And it will have some form of relevance to something you're going through in your life right now. That's what I personally have felt and experienced. And the minute you are done basically just writing out whatever you feel or uh, expressing it or connecting with that feeling, you actually feel energized. You feel a sense of safety, comfort, and yeah. in some ways, love as well. Because we are usually working with our higher selves or higher beings who always have our best interest at heart. So this is how I've been able to discern, you know, uh, when something is, um, there are many ways or words or means of expressing something. You know, so no two channels would channel the same being in the same way with the exact same words. But what I sense is that when you read something, if it hits you in your heart, and not in your gut, then that is a good way to suss out the rubbish from what is real. <laughs> I love the way rubbish just now because because you know i i can i can sense right how much um and your heart knows, it just knows when you are either not being true to yourself or the ego has taken over. So it's it's a wonderful, wonderful method of explaining that. But again, it takes someone that time to tune into the workings of their own body. Absolutely. You're so right, you know, and I think that is what people have to focus on before trying to channel any angels or entities. 
why don't we just step in and start connecting with what we call the higher self? If we can start channeling our higher self first, and this is what my mediumship teacher actually taught me, before you can start discerning or trying to embody and uh, hold and host any other being's energy and message, you need to be so connected to yourself that you can tell your energy apart from something else's. Mm, powerful stuff. Powerful stuff because, you know, there's so, so many of us today that are doing this work. And whether or not they're doing the work for others, um, they're definitely doing the work for themselves. And that's where it all starts. It starts with making yes. sure that you are on that journey for yourself first. And as it branches out, it branches out, but it's got to be true to yourself. You could still be in the corporate space and do this work. You could still Absolutely. be, you know, a, a, a swimming teacher and you could be doing this work. It really is just just is it just is that's yes that's absolutely the part of this journey we are so much more than, than just our one one singular profession you know we're we're energy bodies so thank you thank you so much for that explanation ah that million dollar question doubt versus real <laughs> intuition it was there for me as well you know it's, it's taken a long time i think still it's there with there. everyone yes absolutely and what has been the most rewarding part of this journey for you? I'll be very honest. At first, I thought it would be, you know, um, seeing instant results in people, you know, but that doesn't work with this work. <laughs> you know, there is, um, there is a certain process that everyone goes through. They get frustrated with themselves and they you know, they, they, they actually have this inner battle with themselves. They go through everything that we go through as practitioners as well, you know, and, and I feel the most rewarding actually is being able to connect heart to heart with another soul, allow them to be completely in their vulnerability and then see the changes that they go through. Because the truth is, until you connect from such a space, you will never be able to help somebody truly from the heart. And that always results in really, really um, powerful but gradual changes and shifts. And I've seen it in my clients and my students, and it's not been something overnight, you know. So I can't say that it's this instant gratification that we may get uh, with any other job that we do, for example, a deadline that's tomorrow or a presentation tomorrow and you're done and you get your rewards or your sales targets, it's nothing at all like that. And at the end of the day, when you have, when you look back and you look at your students and the clients and, and the feedback they give you about, you know, how they've overcome certain uh, huge hurdles, barriers, emotional shifts, you know, how they've started handling challenges so differently, you realize that, wow, this work is powerful and there can be nothing more satisfying than being able to make that much of a difference or even a small difference in someone's life, you know. And patience is so much part of that process because if we pushed anyone to go faster or to go in the direction that we wanted it, then we wouldn't completely be doing this for them. Yeah, well said. Hmm. I I was actually just about to ask you how has the work helped you, but I think you've answered that as well. <laughs> it's helped me in so many ways to understand myself. You know, this this 
this mm-hmm. you know this uh, this being of light and shadow and being able to embrace honestly compassion that is the truth this work has taught me to be compassionate with myself and with other people i can tell you that coming out of a you know a very fast paced work environment um and i've also grown up with a lot of like you know uh, judgment being projected on me and like i've also become one of those people who you know um i used to be one of those people who actually judged people a lot it's not that i've completely overcome this but i feel that doing this work has truly made me think twice to put myself more empathetically in someone's shoes and to have more compassion because that is it you know um working with working with spirits uh loved ones who passed on that also opened my eyes on how compassionate you need to be to souls you know who have left the space and who are coming in with messages and i think i've also i definitely owe it to teachers who've guided me very well um and the experiences i've had have been mind blowing so honestly if anything the work has taught me to be less judgmental more compassionate and more open to the idea that spirituality has no one fixed way of being expressed or manifested in this world that is a powerful statement right there i think i think we all need to know that because you know there's this notion of spirituality being this boho thing and having to dress a certain way or tattoos you know yeah or doing you know circles and candles and it's 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 so not it is a yeah. personal journey of expression i love that i love that thank you so much for 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 adding <laughs> thank you very no um i i mean coming to that you know mm-hmm. i i just want to elaborate on something about how a lot of the spiritual work has become about the tools I agree the tools are powerful and I'm sure you agree to that you know sound healing and and all these extra tools really add value to the work but the most important thing that we need to remember is that we this vessel this body we are the greatest tool and if we don't work on that tool all the other tools that we are trying to use will not necessarily do the work mm. Yes, absolutely. Because the tool that it needs to manifest through is us. Yes, we are the channel. Mm. Thank you. Please listen everybody. <laughs> If you've gone and invested in a million and one crystals and a million and one sound bowls, that is the truth yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> so yeah, so I guess we just need to be less not completely independent of these tools but less dependent on them and more connected to ourselves yeah yeah i i like that one thank you and how do we be more connected with ourselves <laughs> okay there is again not um i i wish i had you know this user manual that i could just put out and tell you know like tell everyone here just just follow this a b c d and everything will be sorted you know unfortunately i am also a product of trial and error so um whatever i share today is purely from my personal experience and i also hope that everyone listening to this will be discerning about what resonates with them you know um for me because i came from a family that was deeply into meditation and um 
all these spiritual practices. I was taught to meditate at a young age, you know, and um, I believe meditation is something that allows us to be really present in the moment. So meditating on your higher self, connecting with nature, all of these things which sound very basic can actually help us to become more connected with ourselves because we are constantly surrounded by noise. The noise of our family, the noise of our friends, the noise of media, you name it. There's so much of noise, distraction, everything around us that stops us from listening to our inner voice. The noise blocks the inner voice. So this is where in meditation we literally learn how to shut out all of that. And even if it's five to 10 minutes of sitting and doing nothing but breathing, you will learn how to connect with yourself. And those little moments of clarity also come with amazing little nuggets of answers and solutions for things that you may have been spending hours worrying about. So I think everyone should kind of start with baby steps, you know, taking time to um, be in the present moment as much as they can, doing things that they love. And um, yeah, so that's where I think for me, it was meditation. It was going for a run because that was meditative for me. So I feel everyone should find something that makes them feel happy and joyful and complete in that moment and keep coming back to that feeling, whatever it is that they're doing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. There really is nothing like personal joy. <laughs> now, channeling, yeah. right? Let's get to the facts of it. You know, when I talk to a lay person, you talk about channeling and mediumship, the kind of things that come up is they think of Bomo and, you know, all of these things that the whole doctor concept, the whole like, you know, it's scary, it's dark, there's this vibe. What are some of the do's and don'ts? What what is channeling really, and what what kind of impact does it really have on the person that comes to you? Okay, so let's put it this way: there are various kinds of channeling. Okay, so um, the kind of channeling. Let's begin with what I do. I do something called conscious channeling, where I am hundred percent aware of the messages that are coming through me. I am just unable to change anything that comes through those messages so I cannot filter it and I am meant to deliver it the exact way that it comes through and I'm always connecting to a higher source so one of the biggest do's is you need to set your boundaries with the spirit realm and this is one of the things that my you know my teacher uh it's one of the things that my teachers actually taught me um very big do is do set your energy boundaries and set an intention as to what you want to channel. Because as channels, we have the choice. And we can choose to uh, connect with a soul, a departed one, or a higher vibrational being, um, an entity from a higher realm. Okay, So it's very important to set an intention. So this is one of the important do's. And also setting boundaries with the spirit realm. Because I'll just share a little bit. Of my personal experiences, especially in um, mediumship, which is a form of channeling, by the way. Um, so, as a conscious channeler who's aware of the information that is coming through me, I can also sometimes step into the role of a medium where I am 
literally interpreting. I am the middle person between um, a departed one and their loved one who's still alive. And I am merely conveying that message mm -hmm. between the realms. Okay. Okay. So that yeah. is mediumship. Now, channeling is more like I actually have to connect with the vibration of that being or that energy or that entity that I wish to channel that steps into that session, for example, for one of my students or my clients. So there is a lot more work involved in connecting and channeling energies from a, a higher realm because literally one of the things that we have to do like work on is raising our vibration okay and that is so much talked about but a lot of people you know are still wondering how do we raise our vibrations it comes with you know discipline and practice and it takes years to develop a routine where you start taking care of your personal energy Yes, well said. This is a discipline. Yes, it is. Because it's not something that, you know, um, which is why I'd say channeling is something anyone can learn to do, but not everyone can do. Because of this very simple reason of discipline. Discipline and actually working on raising their vibrations so that they can stay there and they can continue to do this work without falling sick or without their spiritual egos taking over. There are so many factors involved. And um, I think one of the, you know, one of the important things is that we have to actually prepare our body and mind and energy before we step into doing this for people, for other people. Yes. Interesting. And and what are these things that you, you need to do? What is it called protection, energy protection? Yes, energy protection is uh, one of it. Okay, so remember we spoke about, I, I briefly mentioned about setting boundaries with the spirit realm. So this is yes. where we tell them, um, you know, even when we are, when I'm doing a channeling, I do make it very clear that I only want one angel or one entity or one guide to step in one at a time because, you know, this is my boundary. I do not want to connect with several energies at one go. Okay, so that's one way of uh, setting a boundary and being very clear as to what you want to channel. You also set the intention that I'm only going to work with the Ascended Masters. I do not want any spirits any um, loved ones, you know, anyone who's in the astral realm uh, or no ancestors stepping in at this point in time. So setting that intention, being very clear about it, you know, and um, having boundaries as to what I will do and what I will not do. There is There are some things that are not up for negotiation, for example, you know, like, and actually when we work with the higher guides, they will never... Um, ask us to do something for them in return. So that's also another way of discerning whether the energies are uh, the kind of energies you want to connect with to begin with. Because when we open ourselves as a channel, we have to protect ourselves with meditation, with, you know, with uh, taking care of your, your aura. So working on the chakras and placing an energy shield around you. So I always 
guide my students who are learning basic channeling from me. I teach them how to take care of their chakras, which represents their aura, and also how to place a shield around themselves, an energy shield, so that they are safe from any entities or energies that are not aligned with their highest good. So this is an intention that has to be set at the beginning of any channeling. Powerful stuff. I mean, all of that requires a certain mindset, right? A mindset of service, right? It's something that you're continuously doing. If someone's diving into it ungrounded, um, yes. it, it could end up being a complete mess. So training in this space is powerful stuff. Now you also speak about intention setting, Vidya. This one is a this one is an important one. A lot of us just do things, not realizing what our true intentions are behind it. And it takes a while to actually discover that what you think your intention are and what you're 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 manifesting as your intention through your body, through the unconscious self, are two contradictions. How do you do intentions work? Or what advice do you have for people around intention setting? Um, I advise people to literally sit down and give it some thought, okay? Like, what do you feel you need at this point in time, okay? We have a lot of wants and desires, but it takes time. So I think it, it comes with a little bit of self-reflection as to what they need in their life right now. And automatically, what I find is that when you set an intention, for example, I'll just I'll just give you an example now that, you know, if I want to set an intention to receive answers on my soul purpose, okay, rather than on my intentions on how to make money, because eventually mm. I know by living my soul purpose, abundance will find me. I do not need to chase it. So you see, how do you discern between um, a higher need and an immediate want? Yes. Absolutely. It's right there. So it takes time, you know, Varen, like you said, you know, a lot of things in this journey actually uh, take time and people need to give themselves that silence and that space, um, which they don't necessarily get when they are already doing something else like a corporate job, which is why many light workers are actually existent in the corporate world, but they're also struggling between the light and the darkness because duality is so apparent in that space. And there's just a lot of noise that they can't listen to that inner voice. And so many of them eventually step out and do this fully at some point, or they work remotely and they, they actually take a sabbatical or they find space to, you know, to go away and think about what they really want, what their intentions are for their life. And that is also part of intention setting, where you see yourself, you know, in three years. What do you really want out of life? Where do you see yourself, um, in many ways, uh, living a joyful life? You know, so it comes back to that higher need instead of an immediate, um, instant gratification or a want. Um, yeah, so that I think that's a very important part of, of, of how you would set intentions. Yes, yes, I, I can resonate with that. It is completely different, you know, when you go to like a full moon meditation or one of these <laughs> uh, 
circles, for example, you get asked to write down what you what you want, what you want to release. Um, and it's not so simple. It's not so simple. I, I've noticed everything that I want or I want to release over the last maybe 10 years has completely changed. Although it's the same layer, you know, it's the same layer of stuff. But where it's yes. at in terms of my my inner self has become so much clearer and so much absolutely so much more grounded, right? That it is it is yes. 100% a journey. You you shift how you see yourself, and in so doing, you shift the whole world around you. So thank you. That's also absolutely. very clear. Yeah, coming to you know, I I, I just want to add on to a little bit of what you said about you know, like for example, uh, the intentions that you would set at a full moon meditation. I've also just like you started um, shifting the way I, I do things and the way I set my intentions, even in those spaces and times. For instance, if we want to release a fear, nowadays, I instead of just setting an intention to release a specific fear, I actually rephrase that into learning how to accept this fear, embrace it, and um, see it because sometimes what we think is our fear may not be the exact fear. So in many ways, my intention now is to get more clarity on what I'm going through rather than just setting an intention to release a fear which I believe I'm going through. So I think an intention setting can also be um, a place to clarify, to get confirmation, to get affirmation on something and then come back and revisit uh, the exercise later so actually there is there is no um, there's no there's no reason to say that we cannot revisit a meditation or come back to refine our intentions at any point in time and this is something I tell people the universe will not punish you if you decide that the intentions you set today are not exactly what you know you wanted you can come back tomorrow and do it <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. You know. No, it doesn't work. Mm. Yeah. So so true. So, so I mean, I I hope I made sense there because you know um I think everybody's idea of an intention is different. I don't think there is a right or a wrong, but the whole idea of intention setting is being able to come back to the table and uh, review and. Uh, reassess and you know um, yes change it if you must you know there's no fixed way of of doing it so yeah so being really open to the fact that your intentions can change anytime they're fluid so 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 valid actually that's the word i want to to use because a lot of the conversations that i have on this podcast including the one that i have with you i think it validates a lot of people because they feel exactly what you're saying in this journey so much of it is intuitive that when someone else yeah. actually says something that aligns with you you know you it does help you fall into that space of inner alignment so that was real validation yeah. thank you oh, i'm glad and, I'm, I'm i'm really hoping that yeah i can help uh, reassure, validate people out there because I think I also needed it many, many, many times and I probably still need it at times. So I look out for others who are talking about these things. I think, yeah, exactly what you said. Amazing. Now, on a more practical level, right, stepping into this space, stepping into this work as a channeler, um, 
how has it impacted relationships or how have you know people that you've come across for example who are doing this work how how does it impact relationships not just romantic relationships but all relationships and you have been born into a family that has put you in this space almost like that's that's remarkable yes uh, well i i say i'm grateful to my parents but um I think also the organization that I was part of reminded us that after the age of 10 you are responsible for your own karma. <laughs> mm-hmm. Beautiful. So you know so um in many ways we had to step into the uh, space of doing service and serving the light okay so in what I see is that in terms of relationships the more you do this work and the more aware you are of your shadows and you know of of your of where you need to work on and and the areas that you are still trying to improve the one thing that we will do is we will trigger the people around us to start doing the same because that's that's energy we are connected mm-hmm. to everyone and the people closest to us it's not a stranger on the street who's going to be triggered by us it's the people who are in our immediate vicinity our immediate environment who are dealing with us day to day who will be most impacted when we do this work on ourselves because we will bring out aspects it's 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 very normal that you see someone who triggers a part of you it could be a part of you that is unhealed a part of you that yearns to have that aspect or that quality in you and they may project their anger on you they may project certain um you know insecurities on you and the struggle or the challenges to still hold compassion for them and know when it is time to let go of that relationship and walk away while you work on your own flaws and not be flawed completely by the fact that sometimes <laughs> the relationship has to come to an end <laughs> yeah yeah you know yeah so every that's another thing yeah hmm thank you thanks so much i think again this is another space that i think a lot of people would struggle with you know becoming very clear to their partners to their families um that this stuff means something to them and you know it may mean that in time to come it doesn't but it's something they want to step into understand more help them understand themselves and be be safe and accepted for for doing that yeah absolutely and i think you know the biggest aspect of this is communication and i find that as practitioners um people doing this work anyone who steps into the spiritual path to discover more about themselves what is inevitable is the fact that you will become more connected to your emotions and there are many people on the outside and i say many because i've experienced it myself who the yearn for a connection and they yearn for someone to hold space for them but yet they are not able to completely allow their emotions to be expressed and they're not ready to work on their emotions because of many reasons perhaps they've been suppressed or they they've been told that being too emotional is a sign of weakness you know so they battle with that and in this space um one of the biggest things that we learn to do is start regulating ourselves our emotions 
So emotions play a very important part and communication. So sometimes in any kind of relationship, it's not big things that you expect. You expect honesty. You expect people to meet and match your energy. Okay. And um, yeah, to completely share with you what is going on in their mind when you are involved, when you trigger them, more. you know, like to open up and say, look, um, something you said triggered me and maybe we need to talk about it. Now, these are the kind of conversations that don't happen enough because many are worried or afraid of confrontation. They're afraid of things going down and they're afraid of losing friends and people in their lives. And so they would rather suppress, you know, suppress this and it eventually becomes resentment, becomes anger, you know, so... Um, yeah, so I think that that's also important. Communication is important. It's an important part of shadow work, whether it's your partner, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your best friend, to be able to communicate to them like, who, you know, look, look, I'm going through something right now. I am processing my emotions. I am trying to grasp this and I need some space. I need, you know, you to support me in this space while I'm doing this and maybe um I need some time alone. You know, it, it's these kind of conversations that need to happen and uh, they need to happen more often. Agree. More often. And that's, that's I think that's the word to use. Just take that one step, one step yes. every time. See where it takes Absolutely. you. You know, so we're all working through something. And um, I think that I'd, it's a good it's a good way of looking at it in the sense that everyone is trying their best, you know. Yes. And uh, we see the good in we want to see the good in everyone, and we know that everybody has their own unique challenges. But I think communication is something that helps to ease this process. It's a huge part of dealing with these challenges. And um, if more people would just open up, then uh, I think shadow work. Uh, reflection and all of this becomes a lot easier as well. Indeed. <laughs> and why do you think? Why, why do you think right now, this time? Why is it like right now that people seem to be opening up to this fuller expression of themselves? Um, Astrology. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Astrology. Yes. Well, the fact is that, you know, we are, after all, in the age of Aquarius, right? We've moved from the Piscean age into the age of Aquarius, which is literally opening up the pathways to the future, to all the other dimensions. And, you know, people are moving towards um, definitely becoming more connected to what their soul purpose is, their soul mission. But more than that, what I find is that we have a lot more access to information and tools, you know, that will help us to find more out for yourself. More opportunities yeah. out there, more conversations in this area that are being held. So how is it possible for someone to, unless you are absolutely not interested in discovering yourself, it's quite hard to not come into contact with your full self at some stage because know change is happening constantly around you and if it's not happening in your life it's being reflected in someone else's life would you not learn from someone else's life lessons or you know it would trigger or spark some form of self-reflection so this is why i feel that you know the full self is talking about the authentic self 
right? And also many more people right now are um, learning to discern, like as they watch and they, they read and they take in all this material and everything that's so available outside, you know, whether it's through technology or the environment, I feel that the one thing that you cannot run away from is that you will be able to discern um, between what is, what feels right to you, what, which are the places or the spaces or the people who make you feel good, you know, which are the spaces that don't resonate with you, what is not aligned with your values. You know, all of this um, is, is coming into a space where you can actually uh, differentiate what is you and what is not you. What are you aligned with and what doesn't align with you? And as you start eliminating what is not you, you move closer to what represents you, what represents your identity better. And then you start seeking from there, what makes me uh, tick? What gives me happiness? Does the work I do right now actually give me satisfaction? So I think People are in a space where they get to question and do a lot more self-reflection if they want to. And that is the key word, if they want to. There is literally no more excuse that people can give um, to not do the inner work. <laughs> Absolutely. Even in corporates, right, today we have the mindfulness revolution. There's like emotions. Yeah. Everybody's talking about emotions in a way that we've never spoken about before, which is wonderful stuff. And this is just the beginning of the inner exploration, I feel. You know, we're just speaking now about men and how much they haven't had a chance to to show their emotions, how much they've been judged for it. So, so much is changing and it's a special time. It's a very, really, really special time. We're having this kind of conversation, Vidya. It, in itself, it's amazing. Every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, so glad that we had this conversation, you know, because yeah. it is very special. I, I can't imagine being able to have conversations like this 20 years ago. So I'm I'm so grateful that we are safe to express ourselves like this now. And yes, on, on that note, you know, I have reached the end of all the questions and the curiosity I've had around channeling and mediumship. And and I also do it, of course, you know, in the sessions that I have, even in call the logic-based coaching sessions that I always include the element of feelings, uh, the element of what I'm feeling and downloading in, in into it. So it is it's part of the whole journey. Um, what yes. what would you like to to share with my my listeners in addition to anything that you've already shared? And what are you working on right now that people should look out for? Um, actually, I have. Um, it's, it's not something that I've just started working on, but because we are talking about all this and helping people, you know, reconnect with their, with their intuition and with their emotions and all of that, I have been working on a nine-week intuitive coaching program and it's, it's been out there for a while, but I feel that there are many more people who are stepping into the space right now and they want guidance and they want support. And this program is exactly, you know, uh, for them. It's a nine-week coaching program, program called the Inner Swarna Coaching Program. And um, I am currently focusing on practitioners and not just practitioners, but anybody who is keen and interested in developing um, their intuition, their five senses, you know, all their clairs and yeah. learning to trust themselves more. So that is one program that 
is kind of ongoing. And the other one is to do with the five elements, you know, and we, when we speak of the five elements, um, I'm referring to uh, the elements of earth and water and fire and air and ether, you know, which comprises everything that we are. And they, they actually play a very significant role in our lives. And so my um, the other program that I'm working on is um, specific for practitioners who really want to step out and actually um, learn how to heal themselves, how to work on themselves, and then in turn also use these practices to help others. So the second program is more geared to those who uh, want to do this on a more serious level um, and want to dive deeper into the work, basically. So we work with the five elements where there are activations and initiations, and they learn the symbolism and significance of each of these elements in their life and how to apply it. And everything I kind of am working on is something that um, helps people apply it immediately. It's all very practical. Um, because I think that no matter what we do, um, I am a huge believer of uh, grounded spirituality. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, I think we've all seen examples of ungrounded spirituality as well. But it just means that we hold it in us too, too that way. So work to do. Yes. Thank you. I, I, I like yes. that last part. It, <laughs> it, kind of puts, it kind of puts what you represent out there. So... Amazing, yes. Thank you so much. I'm continuously <laughs> working on this, you know, Varin. So I, I would say that I am really grateful to all these clients and students and the amazing teachers who I've come across because I wouldn't have these experiences if not for them. So I'd say, you know, while I thank my parents, but I think all of these interactions that I have have really opened my mind up. And that's another reason why I feel this work has helped me immensely to open my mind up to the fact that um, you know, two people have the same journey and everyone is so gifted, no matter how, you know, um, a lot of people feel like they're not special, like, oh my God, how can you do this and how come I can't do it? But everyone has their own gifts. And I think that's why the nine-week intuitive coaching program is really geared to empower people because the last thing I want to do as a healer or a channel is to um make people feel like they're dependent on me. And that's another reason why I'm slowly moving away and guiding more people into sessions and classes where they get to take control of things. And they, and actually the truth is, the one thing we do have control over is our personal energy. So everything is about that. How do we come back into managing ourselves? Thank you. That is so, so real because if you can't manage your personal energy how are you going to manage anybody else's energy is going to come back to you 10x exactly. so, so true all these truths right everybody just wants to fly into it after watching some magic movie it's just <laughs> I, mean, I, I think it's, it's a great place to experience and discover things you know but we also need to get into it very safely and maybe you know um that's why energy protection is important there are many people who are teaching um teaching energy protection and i think it's it's a very good space to begin this journey 
learning how to connect with yourself, your higher self, and learning how to protect your energy. This would be, and, and learning how to ground your energy. Grounding is a part of energy protection because especially in channeling, if you are not grounded, if you do not spend time and energy grounding yourself, you could actually manifest a lot of physical symptoms. And that's why many energy healers and channelers out there, I think, you know, Varun, you would even know of some of these people and, you know, they absorb because they have certain vows of taking on people's pain. And um, sad to say, many of them are also stuck in a certain savior syndrome um, where they feel good. It validates them to be helping others. But as part of that, they also do absorb other people's pain, emotions, worries, and everything. And there is no way to clear this from your energy field or you have not learned to protect yourself. Eventually, you will manifest some serious illnesses. And there are many healers, channelers, who died very young because of this. Mm, it's it's true. It's true. I mean, I, I think I, I shared with you an excerpt that I came across to do with what happens with channeling and, you know, the, the yes. impact of body it's just the same as when you work in the corporate space and you know you take on other people's work or you help people a little, a little bit too much or you know you 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 become the listener of everybody's issues the the empath has that, that, that problem right you you're taking it on um and yes. it's a way of learning this lesson but that is the training yes and i believe everyone is responsible for their energy you don't need to be doing this work you know, uh, professionally or calling yourself a healer in order for you to need to take care of your energy. I think everyone should learn to do it so that they uh, don't take on more than they should or they don't take on other people's energy and emotions because on a regular basis, our auras are interacting and merging with everything around us. So spiritual hygiene, when I say spiritual hygiene, it means, you know, we can take a physical bath, but the stuff that we can't see now that's the spiritual body and that's what gets stuck on the spiritual body and and because we can't see it we don't realize it exists and this is another thing where i say that doesn't mean you can't if it doesn't mean that if you can't see that it doesn't exist because your physical body will eventually take it on and manifest it and it becomes a sickness so it's good to start becoming aware and there are many books about this uh, many people who are teaching it so yes I'd say this is a great place to start because everyone needs it, whether you are in the corporate or outside. Okay, Vidya, uh, we have reached the end of the podcast. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. Thank today. you so much. How can someone find you Thank online? You. How can they reach out to you? Um, currently, I am only on Facebook, okay, because frankly, I have more than enough work to keep me busy that I haven't actually started an Insta page for um, my work, but I am on Instagram, but it's my personal page. If anyone wants to reach me, they can find me on Facebook at Weaves of Akasha. That's W-E-A-V-E-S of Akasha, A-K-A-S-H-A. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Have Thanks a lovely so evening, week, wherever <laughs> you are. And I'm sure we'll speak again, Vidya. Thank you so much for your time today. Bye for now. Thank you so much for having me. You have a great day. Bye.